Like you're talking Pentecostal was like borderline like demon possession is what I was. Oh, they used to they uh-huh. used to rag on oh, yeah. it so bad, yes. and then the, of course, but they they ragged on everybody. Yes, they ragged on how many times? And the thing was, I don't think any of us knew what they were really talking about. How many times we hear them talking about that's Calvinism? I'm like, oh, that must be bad. When I was a kid, and I'm okay, I would hear this. And then, uh, you know, I, I got a little older and met somebody they're like, I'm a Calvinist. I'm like, did you say Nazi? Yeah, it's like, I had like the same, like the same reaction. I'm like, I've heard about you guys. Yeah. But I never thought I'd see one in person. Yeah, I know. I've read about you in my history book. Yeah. <laughs> the voice of John Sparks, whom you haven't heard for how long? No, no, no. The sensual fireman. Oh, yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> yes. We've got a bit of a packed house. I tell you, I don't think we've ever, we've ever had this many people sitting around you the table. Back on the show, and I mean, everybody just comes in and wants to be part of it. Well, yeah, I mean, you're a, you're in high demand. <laughs> yeah, we got John, we got, we got Missy. We got Canem Ryan, Indiana, and I heard something about somebody sitting in on the show out there. Is that right? Yes, my mother-in-law. Your mother-in-law. Well, Canem, you're going to have to really hey, behave hey. this evening. <laughs> I know. Be Why on you the think best I've been quiet all this time? Yeah, you have been really, really <laughs> quiet. Oh, man. Well, she Kane knows what you're some... really like. You can't fake it. Here's <laughs> with some of your humor. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> And then uh, we got my mom sitting in on this end over here. So we got uh, we got the moms hey, there. Mom, Dad. They are, mom, Dad. They are keeping track of us here. <laughs> They're watching, making sure we behave. That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah, Phil's gonna have to behave now. This conversation will not be getting out of hand. <laughs> <laughs> you may hear cheering in the background. That's just our mom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we have a studio audience. For once. That's my baby. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I guess technically we did have a studio audience that day, Miss, that your dad was in here. That is true. Because then but he started like grabbing the microphone. And yeah, he couldn't hold his tongue, though. He, he ended up becoming part of the show. That's yeah. my dad, though. My dad cannot be keep quiet. And then you wonder why yeah. I am the way I am. He started making these really, really corny dad jokes. And yeah, I, oh, ever I was, dad. I'm trying. I'm not going to give in to that as the, the day approaches that I... <laughs> you know what, inner fatherhood here. You know what? I'm waiting on to see if you'll turn into the basic dad about your yard, have to mow it every Monday. You know that's not going to happen. <laughs> you know there's not a chance at all that's going to happen. <laughs> Maybe once every other week. <laughs> Maybe, if you're lucky. The baby will be out on the zero turn operating. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, Go put that baby to work. That's my plans. Give him a cowboy hat. He'd be down there just trying to make that thing do the wheelies. <laughs> All right, we got a we got a guest this week, and this is the first guest we've had in a while too. And I've been looking forward to this. We have from is it BereanHolness.com, Natalie? Yes, that is what it is. So from BereanHolness.com, we got Natalie Edmondson on the show today, and I'm really really looking forward to this conversation. In yes, fact, absolutely. I listened to 
so you'd said that the last time, um, uh, what oh, there was a podcast you was on just about a week or so ago, and that was the first time you was on one. I was on the Delivering Pastors podcast. That was in October, and then oh, a week ago, I recorded an episode with someone else, but that hasn't been released yet. So yeah, I, I heard you on the uh, on on that other podcast. I really really enjoyed the conversation, and uh, you know, really heard you get in, really dig into some of the stuff there. But of course, this is kind of a pet project of or topic of a lot of ours. We sit around and usually Canaan, whether it's us sitting with you or I'm sitting over at mom's or whatever, usually the topic usually strays onto this kind of yep. a topic at some point or this other. This is something the we know very well about just, we all relate to it and it's something we've either grown in or shied away from. Mm-hmm. So I guess give a little background. So Missy was a, uh, you were a Missionary kid. Yes. Um, my parents were missionaries and pastors of the Bible Missionary Church. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. I know Canaan has and his wife know about it. But um, and then they came back to the States after they were missionaries in Papua New Guinea and Africa. And then after that, um, they settled down in Pennsylvania. And that's when I met my husband. And my dad has since left the church there actually yeah, but you, so you, you were a preacher's kid missionary yes. kid i think the only person that wasn't a preacher's kid was mariah right yeah and she is the most the scarred odd of one out how about that no kidding <laughs> so i'm the least scarred of all of you <laughs> <laughs> that is a good point so anyways to say all that to uh kind of let you know we've we've been around it and so that's why it really really a, a topic of high interest to us very neat i'm, I'm still learning how the conservative holiness movement works and looks and how the how the standards and the preaching teaching is on on that side of the holiness movement because on ours it was of course we have all the pentecostalism which is really fun um yeah added to the holiness um but what's interesting is that while i was very involved in the the holiness pentecostal ministry i mean for the first 20 years in my life 18 at least i never heard of conservative holiness mm-hmm. i had no idea that movement existed um we never fellowshipped it that i'm aware of um and of course pentecostalism was just that was the only way to go yeah. so wh- when i found out about conservative holiness in bible school i was just shocked that there was a movement so much bigger than ours and so similar that i never heard of um, and I just heard so many good things about the conservative holiness side. <laughs> oh boy, who are you talking to? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just joking. I was joking. pretty jealous. Well, I heard I heard like how intellectual you guys were, and how how much better your schools were, and I don't know what was rumor and. And what wasn't? Yeah. I just, I just know I was sure. jealous at the time. <laughs> We're a very yeah. intellectual bunch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm smart. I, I, yeah, yeah. So, so, so go ahead. So you grew up uh, in Pente- How do they say it? Pentecostalism is that the term for? It? I'm not sure. Yes. Okay. okay. Well, that's a big term. That is a big term. I'm not used that's to saying terms like that. Pentecostalism. exploded on that. One. <laughs> <laughs> so you grew up in that, and it was, uh, it was similar, but, but you all didn't didn't really cross uh, cross lines that much is what you're saying. Yeah, we didn't fellowship with anyone who wasn't part of our strict wholeness, independent, 
Pentecostal. I'm racking my brain because I know someone's going to listen to this episode and correct me, but <laughs> yeah, I can't. I'm, I'm really trying to think of anyone else we fellowship, but... Listen, um, you don't have to worry no. about that. Nobody listens to this show. False. 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 No, um, we know so, it, it's actually, it, it sounds familiar. Just yes, that part right there. Just that part. I, I yeah, recognize. Um, we did have some friends who were um, Pentecostal, but they were like very conservative. Um, my parents were not necessarily the ones that um, kind of ruled everybody out, like I don't know if your church was like, your church is the only one that's going to heaven. Anybody else that your group? That's the way my church was. Yeah. Like anybody <laughs> else, like they're confused. They don't know if they make it. Mm-hmm. It's just because they were doing it our way without really um, knowing that they were doing it our way. Um, was there your church kind of like that? That's why you didn't associate with others? Yeah. Well, we had the, we had the idea that we kind of had the, epitome i guess you could say of god's truth we were because it was on both fronts and and we heard it preached like you have to have pentecostalism or you don't have the power of god you're just you don't have the spirit of god you don't have the holy spirit really in any capacity that started to i'm I'm noticing some doctrines are starting to change and slowly become more mainstream and i believe more correct um, but the way I was raised is if you don't if you don't speak in tongues, you don't have the Holy Spirit, and you might get to heaven without the Holy Spirit, but you're really not going to do anything for God ever. Um, mm. So, wow. so churches that had standards but didn't have tongues, we saw them as weak, um, but maybe still saved if they still had the the holiness standard, and the holiness standards that represented. Uh, sanctification and even though so there 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 were a couple camps the way they believed about other churches you had your really strict people and I, I know these people exist I've met them um, they really believe it's only holiness Pentecostals they're the only ones going to heaven um, and then, <laughs> yeah, I used to be I used to be like that similar I'm sorry yeah. go ahead they're, they're, they I promise they exist um but then there's um the more I guess the more common view is that there are Christians in the Baptists and the Methodists and the Church of God but they and they're saved and they're probably going to heaven if they really love the Lord and they're seeking the Lord but if they are genuine and they are really praying and reading their Bibles God is going to lead them into holiness like that was almost a promise from a lot of people that if you are really sold to God sold out Mm -hmm. to God you're actually sanctified if you're legit you're gonna get the same exact standards and receive speaking in tongues just like they did and I heard I mean as recently as I guess it was 2020 now, um, into 2020, I was sitting in one of the church services and I heard several people, um, talking in a Sunday school class about how don't like, don't you tell me that you prayed and God didn't give you these convictions. If, if you really <laughs> prayed, you would have. And if you tell me that I know you're lying because oh. I know what God told me, like exactly <laughs> like that. Wow. I was sitting there just like, thanks, guys, like, thanks. Because, <laughs> you know, I'm the only non-holiness person, you know, regular attender that, that's there. Right. Uh-huh. Um, so that was, that was a fun experience. 
Oh, um, I can didn't imagine. telling me that I, I lied to them. <laughs> but, oh. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah, but that's 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 a lot of the people I grew up with was this if you're legit, God will lead you into it. And there are some that understand the idea of Christian liberty and differences, but they they tend to be a minority. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. They're always the, um, not the leaders. They're the ones that are the more followers that end up believing that because it's, I've found in churches, it's easier to be a yes man to the leader than to be the one that actually has a differing of opinion. I've found right. that. Yeah. Yeah. This is it's all sounding so familiar. It does. I mean, the, oh, yeah. the yeah, only thing that's different and what I remember growing up was there was no, none of the uh, speaking in tongues. The speaking right. in yeah. tongues. That's the only difference. But yeah. other than that, so I I, it was almost identical to what you're saying. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. My, per, my personal experience with just anybody speaking in tongues, um, and I've, I've talked to my parents about it, and my dad said, um, my dad's going to listen to this, so I want to make sure I get this right, or he's going to be like Missy. <laughs> um, <laughs> but he did say sometimes the Holiness Church does not talk about it because it is not understood. And so they're Hmm. more willing to go and start talking about other things than because obviously it is important. Paul message that wrote about it in the Bible. So if Paul wrote about it and even did, did Paul even say that he spoke in tongues? I honestly, I don't remember off the top of my head. I think Paul did. did. I remember different. Yeah. So Paul, he said, um, I think he would wish that they all spoke in tongues like he did. I think that's the verse I'm trying to think in my head. But, um, but just because you speak in tongues, I've had different ones say that you cannot properly pray for your children or your family if you do not speak in tongues. And I remember that just like that hit me like real hard. Ooh, that made me like, I was like, you mean to tell me that my mama who prays for me like so much during the day, that she cannot touch heaven. Like that really, that upset me. And I, I just mm-hmm. kind of went, I'm done with that. I closed that down very quickly. <laughs> That's exactly what we're trying to say. <laughs> no. So, yeah. The, so on, on, man, let me try that again. On, <laughs> on our side of it, of what we saw, right? it was very hostile towards Pentecostal oh churches. Yeah. And oh, mm-hmm. so there was that same aspect that you're talking about, Natalie, of, um, that there were those Christians that thought it was us four and no more yes. type of thing. Mm-hmm. And that, yeah, there may have been a good Baptist, but by yes. you know, when they get light, that's yes. those, when they get light on something, right. yep. yeah, heard yeah. that. then heard they that. will show up here dressed like an Amish. Like it was <laughs> like you're talking Pentecostal was like borderline like demon possession is what I was. Oh, they used to they used uh-huh. to rag on oh, it yeah. so bad, yes. and then the, of course, but they they ragged on everybody. Yes, they ragged on how many times? And the thing was, I don't think any of us knew what we were really talking about. How many times we hear them talking about that's Calvinism? I'm like, oh, that must be bad. When I was a kid, and I'm okay, I would hear this. And then, uh, you know, I, I got a little older and met somebody they're like, I'm a Calvinist. I'm like, did you say Nazi? And it's like, I had like the same, like the same reaction. I'm like, I've heard about you guys. Yeah. I never thought I'd see one in person. Yeah, I know. 
<laughs> I've read about you in my history book. <laughs> One of y'all used uh, to have a funny little mustache. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Our churches were just like that towards Calvinism. Some of them were just like that towards Calvinism. So uh, I can relate. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Sounds sounds a lot alike. And and then for the longest time, I thought that Calvinist and Baptist was like the same thing. Well, then I start listening yeah. to uh, I start listening to some Baptists, uh, mainly IFB preacher clips or something like that, and, <laughs> and they start ragging on the Calvinists too. And I'm like, man, you guys cannot catch a break. <laughs> they get it from us. They get it from them. You enjoy that way too much listening to those guys. <laughs> yes. Yes. So then uh, you said that. So then, how was it looked at? I think you alluded to it a little bit. The church. The other churches that didn't believe in or that preached against Pentecost, uh, you know, uh, speaking in tongues, stuff like that. Yeah, I'll get it. I'll remember one of the back up, give it another go. <laughs> Pentecostalism. Uh, so were those churches, was it pretty much the same level of hostility, uh, you know, towards the ones that didn't believe in tongues? Uh, I think probably um, they were, I mean, they were <laughs> like, Holy Ghost haters, for lack of a better term, because mm-hmm. we associated tongues and the Holy Spirit so closely. So maybe we would have looked at some of the people that actually preached against tongues as borderline blaspheming the Holy Ghost. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, yep. But yeah, for for the most part, it was about the same towards everyone, except if we ever came across someone who was actually preaching against pentecostalism then they're like you know that that just added to our persecution complex (laughs) (laughs) you guys had one of those too huh (laughs) (laughs) you were like we're suffering over here but we'll bear it (laughs) my my uncle if i'm not mistaken uh i've heard him preach about uh christians are about to be loaded onto boxcars and Took away the concentration camp, <laughs> and uh, this was like twenty or thirty years ago, and like by that time, you know, boxcars and shipping people on them was completely obsolete. <laughs> but I don't know what you're talking he, about. He would still get up there and warn about it. <laughs> so, oh. Yep, very familiar with the uh, persecution complex too. Goodness. Oh, so, uh, so take us through a little bit more of that there. So you, uh, this is what you grew up around then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's my. A lot of my family uh, involved in the ministry, especially extended family. So then I, I know that you'd mentioned about, um, or I'd read in, I think on your bio or something like that, about going on and uh, going to a Bible college and things like that. Um, won't you just take us through some of that and, and how things started to change for you and, and all that? And when, when did God start opening your eyes to um, that there is a different way? And how did your relationship with the Lord start to change from what you were raised with? And when did it become personal for you? I'm very interested in that. Yeah, sure. So I, I initially got saved, um, you know, asked, made Christianity personal, however we want to phrase that, when I was around seven. And I, rem- I still remember that pretty vividly. Um, but then after, after that, I was, I was really excited about witnessing, about winning the the world for Jesus. Um, my mom was was great homeschooling us, and she read us a lot of missionary bios. And I, at that point, like I wanted to be a missionary, also an astronaut. 
still working on the together. Yeah, those can work together. Fun fact, though. Fun fact on the astronaut point. I actually, I gave up that dream in part because I realized astronauts can't wear skirts. <laughs> I, do, uh, I know it's coming. Yeah. 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 Oh my so, goodness. Yep, same thing here. <laughs> that's when missionary won out. So anyway. Yes. Um, very zealous kid. I, but I, I have some of this on my, my bio, so I'll, I'll skim over it. But basically at that point, I really associated witnessing and winning the lost with convincing them they have to dress holiness, which I really shake my head. And, and of course I have holiness people that read that part of my story and they're just like, we don't witness by, you know, telling women they need to start wearing skirts. And, you know, that's usually true, but somehow it got miscommunicated to some of his youth. Uh-huh. Um, Cause I don't believe I was the only one with that misunderstanding. Oh yeah. But yeah. anyway, yeah. I, I offended some people in those days. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that, idea, though, that idea, though, is never corrected either. Have you noticed yeah. that about the church, too? They don't, they don't correct it because they're like, oh, we don't want you to say that it's okay for them to look different than what we are right now. Even though, it's, right. even though it may not be wrong how they're dressed or it may not be right either, but it's never corrected. Be like, you know, you don't, you don't address that. Because right. <laughs> the biggest and thing that always hit was be you set apart. Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> right. Come out right. from among Thank them you. and be you separate, saith yeah. the Lord. Oh, yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Well, and, and a lot of times when we saw people come into our churches and start dressing like us, a lot of times there was an assumption that, you know, God was dealing with them and that they had been saved at some point because otherwise mm-hmm. they wouldn't start looking like us. Mm-hmm. And the same with youth in the pews. A lot of times if they're dressed apart, you just assume they're a good godly youth. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it, it's an unspoken assumption. And I think that's why it gets miscommunicated a lot of times. Yes. Yep. I used to see it. I used to see it all. Yeah. It was, we would judge we would base somebody's relationship with Christ on how they looked completely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, it also mm-hmm. goes along with, cause we talked about this before, um, how to know that your uh, church organization or what you came out of is part of a cult. And one of the questions was hmm. um, like, do you have to wear a certain outfit to feel accepted into the group? And oh, that yeah. was one of the questions. And I was like, oh, yeah. If your skirt didn't reach a certain Some place when you sat yes. down, yeah. if your sleeves, you know, you raised your arm up, if it like went up when you raised your hand, it was too short. If you bent oh, over, mm-hmm. if you bent over and you had it, <coughs> if you had any gap at all in your uh, collar, it was done. I mean, if you had those little spit curls yeah. around your head, that's right. You're trying to look like Jezebel. Like yep. so many different Wait. things. <laughs> yep. Curls? Yeah. Um, Oh, <laughs> oh! I used to hear them preach. Yes, them uh, they would preach on like if you curled your hair at all, um, and if you had hairspray in your hair to keep those curls, it was you know wrong. And then if you didn't have enough hairspray, it was also wrong. Because then you look like a frizz ball. Um, yeah, uh, I was a very very strict church I came out of. Don't frizz ball. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you yeah. can't be running out here looking like a frizz ball and such. <laughs> How dare you look like a frizz ball? <laughs> yeah, a lot of this depended on uh, 
completely dependent on who was, you know, wielding the pulpit. Different preachers. Different Sunday. preachers always like, mm-hmm. like you said, Phil, one time there would be one guy saying it was wrong to wear cowboy boots. And another time, another one would say it was right to wear cowboy boots. Like you, you didn't know what. It was always preaching personal mm-hmm. conviction from the pulpit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So confusing. Yeah. Very confusing. So back to the question I was answering. Um, so after that stage in my life that's when my my older brother Nathan who writes a lot of our articles on the website he he's he had moved away he was uh went to West Point Army and while he was there of course the only church he could go to was their very generic non-denominational that they had on the 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 military uh, base Mm -hmm. and so he, he couldn't be in the holiness circle. And during that time, he had really started studying for himself um, what the Bible teaches about things like, you know, it's abomination to wear women's pants and no jewelry and no makeup, this this type of thing. And I was really close to my brother, even though he's several years older. And when he would come home on breaks, we would just talk for hours. And he started to share with me um, what he was finding as he studied the Bible, as he thought deeper about what we, what we had been taught in holiness. And uh, initially, as a teenager, I was very upset with his conclusions, very offended. And I felt like I felt like he was losing his soul. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I was extremely worried. And I felt like if I couldn't talk him back into believing that women's pants are wrong, then he's he's going to backslide. He's going to marry someone backslid in like. I was so concerned. Mm-hmm. So I started studying. Um, and, and the long story short is I could not prove my brother wrong, no matter how many holiness pamphlets and websites and uh, the holiness handbook, everything I, I got my my hands on and looked through and listened to um, and trying to ask questions, which that didn't go over too well. Um, <laughs> but no, no matter what, I, I couldn't prove him wrong. And so eventually it dawned on me, okay, if I can't use the Bible, church history, etc., to to show anywhere where his arguments are flawed or erred, um, then I'm the one in the wrong. So that was that was really hard to swallow and and I just got to the conclusion that I'm going to stay in holiness. I'm going to have these differing beliefs about what the Bible teaches, but I'm going to follow every single one of these rules and above and beyond on a lot of them, um, just in order to to basically please the preachers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, keep for your head lack down, of huh? better words. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I really loved I loved the churches. I saw so much potential. I was so excited about how we could make things better, about how we could start Bible studies and we can teach apologetics and we can start children's outreaches. And I had, I mean, I was just teeming with ideas at back at that point. So I wasn't going to leave holiness. Like I had all my connections here. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So this was for about eight years, not quite a decade. I stayed in holiness all the while believing that that basically what was being preached was a lot of personal applications of scripture that were not actually scripture. Um, and, and as I studied the history, I started to see where they came from. And actually we've quote unquote dropped the standard a lot because a lot of it originated from 
the idea that plain dress was basically Amish old order sure. Mennonite. Yeah. Right. Um, that's where it originated. We've just changed and evolved and devolved uh, ever since then. Right. Um, so, yeah, so I, I was just content to stay. Um, went through Bible school, really, I, <laughs> I guess it was a bit mixed, but overall, I just kept my head in my books and absolutely loved it because I loved theology. Um, I definitely fell out uh, uh, just disagreeing with a few of the things that were taught, but when it was basic like Christian ethics or systematic theology, I, I love those classes and I'm still really grateful for uh, my experience there. Right. And it was at the, the last year of Bible school that I started to, I really was concerned because our school, um, we had some genuine, genuinely really good teaching and preaching that were focusing on outreach and ministry. And I mean, passages like Matthew 25 were brought up, which is, you know, clothe the naked and feed the hungry and, mm-hmm. and this kind of thing. Um, and community outreach was talked about and all these ideas were swirling around and we had personal evangelism class, all of this. And I just like Christianity became so real to me. And I realized, you know, we have an incredible message in the gospel. And as I studied deeper into apologetics and just really realizing how much evidence there is for Christianity, how good of a explanation um, this is for, you know, why we're here and our purpose on earth. Right. I just wanted to share that. I was compelled to share. And it, it it started to bug me that at our school, we had so many um, ministries, we called them, that were sent out every single weekend almost. And we went all over the country. But in the great majority of these ministries, we were just going to other churches um, singing, preaching, testifying, trying to encourage other Christians that mm-hmm. were in our very particular group, and then, you know, taking a collection um, just to get enough money to drive back oh, to yeah. the school and whatnot. Yep. Yep. Um, very familiar. <laughs> yep. The conservative holiness Bible schools do the exact same thing. I was thing. part of one of those yep. groups. Yep. Yeah. Yep. No. Yeah. So. <laughs> They can only sing if there's holiness churches, though. <laughs> <laughs> right. Only those dare groups. go out into the hedges and sing to nobody. <laughs> yeah, how dare you? They oh, got no. they got to line up pretty close <laughs> with your theology. <laughs> You're not yeah. donating yeah. money. Sorry, we're not singing for you. <laughs> <laughs> but sort of to like as much as I see it as a good thing because these churches genuinely wanted us, and we would you know, genuinely, in in most cases, take the burden off whoever's working there and and help them for a weekend and sometimes help with chores around the church and this kind of thing. And as much as I uh, appreciated that, and I still think it's a good thing, it was not outreach. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) 90% of the time, it was not outreach. And it bothered me that we are getting, we're supposed to be the next generation winning the world to Jesus, and we're not doing almost like almost no evangelism mm-hmm. um that started to really eat me and i could not get it off my mind so i with the help of a few other like-minded students um we really wanted to do a community outreach and we heard in the old days of the bible school there's a lot of community outreach but we just hadn't done it in like i don't think 20 years honestly so 
we got permission. It was that's a whole other story. Trying to get the girls and the guys to be allowed to work together. That was the fun moment. I'm so I'm so appreciative. They like they they broke the the long-standing tradition of always keeping guys and girls segregated, and actually let us go out and do a, a park ministry once you know on the weekends. So, yeah. So kudos, kudos to all those yep. faculty that allowed that. Good on them. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So, so that was that was good. But that's when I really started thinking like something's off about our movement. Just how how I don't want to say revolutionary that step. Like everyone was just like, you know, we haven't done this. What are you doing? Kind of reaction from a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, yeah. yeah, and that's when I realized something's off. Um, I went home to the church, one of the churches I grew up in Alabama, and tried to do another community outreach there. Um, and I had a hard time getting support. There were a couple people that just loved the idea, and I still I, I love those people and how they encouraged me. But a lot of the the church even there was just like kind of what are you doing we've never seen this done before um and it ended up being the 12 year olds who came out with me once a week and tried to share the gospel with the local kids in the park wow um yeah like a lot of preteens. i love those kids to this day they were awesome but they they got it right um and a lot of the adults were just like yeah we don't really do this (laughs) so and let me, I just want to clear up here. Maybe it's just me because I'm not understanding or I'm on cold medicine or what. But um, when you're talking about outreach, like for you're talking about reaching out to the masses and not the church people, because like you're right. you were mini- busy ministering the college to it was more like in reach because you're reaching, choir, you're preaching to right. the choir. Right. OK, I just wanted to make sure I understood that because you're talking about like just reaching out just to the general public about Jesus. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's exactly what I mean. Okay, good. Which so, to, to your point is is very much. I mean, it's very much out of focus in yes. Uh, <laughs> so much of even the conservative holiness movement. I mean, how many times? I mean, I, the church I grew up in. How many times you see somebody come in and get saved? How many times did we actually reach out and try to bring people in? Yeah, exactly. How many I times did you hear a pastor time. say well, he hasn't gone calling on anybody in years? Yeah. Well, they, it was like, you know, at our, at our church anyway, it was just like, uh, you come to us, we're not coming to you. You know, that was oh, like, yeah. kind of, yeah. you yep. know. And, uh, <laughs> However, you come to us, but don't you dare come as you are. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah, I used to yeah. hear those church signs <laughs> preached against because they there'd be yeah. a holiness preacher that says, just says, come as you are. Well, they need to add and be changed. <laughs> Same sermon. Oh, yeah. yeah. Exactly. I'm sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, no problem at all. Yeah, I appreciate you clarifying that. Yeah, I mean, reaching people that have never heard the gospel. Yes. And I was floored when I was up at the Holiness Bible School. I was just shocked um, how many ended up, we, we did a program for kids, ended up getting a bunch of teenagers. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. We had to adjust our puppet show, like, spur of the moment a few times. Yes. Um, <laughs> but talking to those teenagers, I was just shocked how many had no idea, like, knew nothing about Christianity whatsoever. Right. Um, like, they never heard of Jesus called Jesus Christ. And they were like, 
like a 15 year old is christ his last name like they never heard of that <laughs> and, yeah that they all even thought it was a cuss word that's all they knew like mm-hmm. when they said the name yep. of jesus christ yeah. yep. they're like are you cussing they're like no that's the name yep. of an actual person <laughs> yeah so those kids they, they knew nothing about the gospel and as the so this is back to kids that in at the bible school around the bible school they they didn't know anything about the lord and they came from the most broken homes like i would just leave those park outreaches and cry because i couldn't fathom what they were going through i mean i had girls just opening up to me and telling me about sexual assault at 13 years old Mm -hmm. and they had no one else to tell right and i was just i couldn't believe it. i was so broken so even more that just put the question in my mind, what are we doing as the quote unquote cream of the crop of Christianity? Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah. So, and then back to, to the Alabama outreach at, at that church, there were some people that got behind it. But like I started to repeat, repeat myself, they just didn't, a lot of them just didn't get it. Um, and that's really what made me start questioning what, good are all these standards that aren't even biblical doing for us bingo when Mm -hmm. all we do is sit around at our camp meetings and revivals um praying through with the same quote-unquote backsliders that prayed last year Mm -hmm. all of which grew up in our churches um Mm. we're not getting anyone new and we're not partnering with any other churches or christian ministries at any level i was so at this I'm becoming aware of aware of human trafficking and I'm becoming aware of just the abortion crisis in America um, and how many are 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 suffering and oh, yeah. just the the amount of the amount of broken homes yeah. and divorce and um, addictions that are in our communities. And yeah, sure, we preach against these things in our church services sometimes, um, but who's actually out there helping these broken people? Exactly right. right. That's something that they need to reckon with. And, I, and when I say they, I'm talking what you've seen, Natalie, and what we've seen, because it's, yeah. it's the same thing. Because mm-hmm. the conservative homeless movement sees the same, like we go to camp meetings. How many years we go to these camp meetings? Yeah. And they would mm-hmm. dwindle every single year. Yep. And the only thing oh, really? we heard was about the good old days when people had the fire and the glory yep. and all this, that. And, right. and it was all, they would try to shame us into somehow figuring out whatever it was you were supposed to have. <laughs> like and, it was our fault. Yeah. Yeah. It was always like yep. it. And in the meantime, we saw this, the, the thing of, you know, some of the same people. And I mean, if they're first struggling, that's fine. But we should, they should have been growing. Right. Like not the individual. Right. I mean, the individuals well, but I'm talking like the outreach, the camp. And, and the sad thing right. is I was at one time, one of those people that was constantly in the altar because I thought for sure I had sinned because I went and bought cherry chapstick that was colored. Mm. Um, like little things like that. When you're, tr- when yeah. you're preached against, you know, and you wear an undershirt that has like a lace, like rhythm, like at the top of it. And it looks like you're have your underclothes, like being shown for all the world to see little things like that. When you're taught, how you're supposed to look a certain way and heaven forbid. And it's not like, you know, like you said, the standards are not biblical. And, but when you do anything different, 
you had to go to the altar to confess because you had done wrong. And so you'd mm-hmm. be like, okay, I, I, I want to do right. I feel convicted about this because preacher just preached about it, but I didn't feel bad mm-hmm. about it before he preached about it. And mm-hmm. so you that constant, constant repenting over and over and over and over again, like that there was never any, there is power above that. You don't have to be doing that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. And, uh, and you, you and morale have to, just just jump in there if you want to if you got anything that you uh, want to chime in on but Kanan, how many times have me and you t- joked about how you know we would say yes the bible's very clear <laughs> very clear on these things oh, <laughs> that a yes. woman is not to cut her hair any at all it's very clear yes <laughs> and just making little fools out of ourselves oh, <laughs> but, yes. but yeah the, but, the, the but shame was put on you like you yes. said miss i mean it was you had c- just committed yes. sin if you yeah. somehow strayed from their man made right interpretation mm-hmm. of scripture exactly yep. and it wasn't like you know you had willingly like transgressed it was just more of a okay well you did this oh there you gotta go confess and i'm like that's not in the bible where where are you getting this at oh well right. you know, we have these standards that are in place and i'm like okay i understand that i really do i i know you're trying to save me from falling into hell i appreciate that i really do but how am I supposed to live up to these rules that are constantly changing every four years? Yep. We have a camp, we're having a conference and you're suddenly like taking the manual out and we're like, well, we need to change this because we're finding out the people are doing this. And then you need to stop <laughs> wearing your long skirts that reach to the floor because that is now a custom or it's a that's style a, it's a now. Style now. Mm-hmm. And, and I remember thinking <laughs> I was wearing long skirts before long skirts were like in. So <laughs> I'm I, like just all the confusion, like no wonder people are ending up in the altar so much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you something, like, you know, when it comes to that clothing and they, they want you to make sure that you have enough on, but then if you have too much, yes. it's a problem. Yeah, then you're trying layers, to be fashionable. Layers that, are bad. You got that dust running behind you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, remember preaching oh, on Oh, yeah. I do remember that. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, yep. because the jean skirt was so long. the skirt long, was so long. It was the ground. Oh, he was my preaching goodness. on uh, some women had skirts so short you could see their, their hubcaps, talk about their knees. Uh-huh. And then oh, he also, in the same sermon... Was saying that these skirts were so long yeah. you could see the dust running by. You just want to stand up and be like, "Which is it? What do you want?" It's not that simple. It's not that simple. <laughs> so you started you you started seeing some issues and and uh, so when did this? I'm assuming this all came to a head at some point, right? Right, right, it did, and that's so. First, I first I did some missionary work abroad and that was with um non-holiness christians so that was a step um and some holiness people still supported me which i appreciated mm-hmm. um because i think they might have seen me though as spreading holiness to these other nations mm. uh, which was not my intent i was actually going to spread the gospel right <laughs> right <laughs> anyway how dare you um, two different things one's right one's wrong <laughs> <laughs> um, i don't know i don't know maybe they were maybe they were just excited about gospel i know there are people like that yeah yeah that, that's true there are good ones in there so i've heard um, <laughs> <laughs> anyways coming back from that i decided i was going to give holiness one more try um just to really because i I didn't want to throw it out because, and, and still, I don't use that terminology, but that's what other people 
the terminology other people use. Don't, you know, don't throw it away mm-hmm. and throw out the Bible. Um, and that was never my intent. I wasn't, I didn't want to reject or forsake or these other stronger terms. It's just like, is this where I'm supposed to be going to church? Are, are these people going to spiritually nourish me? Am I going to grow in the word or, you know, and not, not to go on a tangent about the lack of Bible studies. Um, <laughs> yep. but just, yeah. Yes. yes. Um, I, I, so I felt very unsupported in holiness. I think that's a good way to say it in the missions and in the outreach because no, oh, so few other people caught the vision. But when I started after the missions work and I started to fellowship other denominations of Christians, I found out they were nothing nothing like what had been painted to me right um in holiness and honestly that that really that put a rock in my shoe is when my older brother who i was really close to i already mentioned i was i'd been so concerned he was backsliding well i visibly like really saw a change in his life in his spiritual life for the better and now nathan's out there participating in ministry he'd never done that before he'd never gone out you know every week to witness to homeless people before and you know play his guitar in parks um in order to help share the gospel like this was not my brother what like what (laughs) happened to my uh semi-cynical older brother who's always you know sitting in the back as a late teenager yeah um he really changed and started to to pray more and, and, (laughs) and do more and study the bible and it was so evident in his life that I had to start asking myself, can the holiness churches that I've been so trying to serve and fellowship, are these going to spiritually nourish me or I'm going to, am I going to sit in these churches and slowly wither away and all my zeal mm. for the Lord be squelched? Oh, that's, um, powerful. that's, that's a powerful. That's a good point. Yep. Yeah. Very good point. Yeah. So giving holiness one more try, I, I went to a church that was called an outreach church. I'd never heard of this. But I was, it was recommended to me by so many holiness Christians who started, sort of understood my dilemma. And they're just like, you need to go to this one church where they really do care about outreach. Um, funny story, they actually, the outreach had been started on, on a traditional, one of our regular holiness churches. And if I understand it right, don't want to misrepresent it, but if I understand it right, the people going to the holiness church actually had a problem with the homeless and the lost off the streets coming into their services. And because of that, they had to split off amicably, but and start a separate church for the outreach. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's, that's what I heard anyway. Yeah. Um, How much more can you get? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, I don't know. I mean, that seems like (laughs) something straight out of, you know, like a, a Bible parable that Jesus would have said. You know, it's yes, like, like I don't, I don't even, understand the, the lack Lazarus of self awareness. Was like in Abraham's bosom, like yeah. I mean, come on, like we're not. That's that's not even Bible. But I know my dad has had personal experiences where he brought in people from the streets, drunks, druggies, and I remember like that my dad said that the church actually made faces and said he stinks. You should not be bringing him up here. Oh. And my oh no. My dad, he took a blanket and he put it down. He said, if this bothers you so much, he said, what does that say about your heart stinking? And the, he, mm-hmm. my dad would just constantly, my dad has a heart as for missions like no other. Um, 
you know, he's been hurt by a lot of people. And, uh, but he still reaches out to those on the streets. Like my husband can talk to anybody. Um, and my dad can do the exact same thing. He'll find out the, the weirdest person you can imagine. And he'll go up to him. He'll be like, Hey, <laughs> do you know who Jesus is? Do you know, um, what does the Bible say about this? And like, there's a guy, he'll, they'll just get into so many deep conversations, but that just goes totally with what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be reaching out mm-hmm. to those that, you know, they might reek, they smell vomit. They smell like drugs. They smell like this, that, and another. But you know what? That's what we're supposed to be doing. That breaks my heart. Yes, it is. Yeah. yeah so that, that is what I heard. If there's more to the story, I, I haven't heard it. Definitely not trying to misrepresent. But Right, yeah. sure. Um, so I, I joined the, the outreach church there. And I honestly, I really enjoyed it. Um, while I was there, everyone was really good to me until uh, I I reached a point in my life I had uh, I guess the most succinct way to say it is there had been someone in my life in the a year prior who completely cut me off and basically told me they never I, I had thought this person really loved me and basically what they communicated afterwards is, no, I never loved you. I loved who I thought you were. Oh. And, of Lord. course, that cut. And so as a young 20-something, I'm still, you know, rolling this around in my head. And I look around at my life at this outreach church where I'm interning for college, actually, which was a conservative holiness college, fun fact. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, online. My, um, my mom went to the same one, if it's the same one I'm thinking, in Florida. Probably, yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So that was that was fun. I had a great professor there in, in counseling at the time. But so I'm doing my internship and and I got to a point where I just I was really wondering if these authorities that I really looked up to that I enjoyed, you know, going out to eat with them and their fellowship and their friendship, would all these people love me the same if I was just honest with them and told them that I don't think these holiness standards are in the Bible. I think these are extra biblical and, and uh, this is something we shouldn't push on the new converts that we're, we're trying to um, win to the Lord. Right. And I thought they, I thought they would agree with me just because when people came to, came to Christ in this outreach, they did not immediately tell them that I saw, you know, you have to wear, skirts or you have to wear uh, you have to take off your makeup and jewelry and it was mostly people would change but they would change kind of through example or social pressure mm-hmm. um, but I appreciated that because in some of what I witnessed growing up there were times when you know we actually told people you have to dress this way or even brought them clothes like mm-hmm. hint hint show up yeah. to church next week in these clothes we just gave you <laughs> by the um, way your thing on there about wearing a robe if you come to church wearing pants, girl, yeah. that blew my mind. That blew yeah. my mind. I can't believe that. Uh, it, something right along those lines too is I'm pretty sure I probably mentioned this in an earlier episode, but uh, at the one church camp we went to, remember, remember that one year that woman was younger, you know, probably mid twenties, had a couple kids with her, was wanting to come to the church camp. <clears throat> and 
you know, she was unsaved and all that, but she wanted to come and get saved and, you know, get started the right way. And, uh, so she showed up to the church camp and watched what she had on you, know, jeans and yep. t-shirt. That's what mm-hmm. she had. Right. And was going to get, uh, some skirts from a friend. Uh, right. yeah. Uh, one of her friends that was mm-hmm. already on campus. Soon as she got out of the car, one of these older guys from the church, you know, yep. supposed to be the elders of the church, mm-hmm. actually run her off of the campground because she wasn't dressed appropriately and she never came Ooh. back. And she even had Aww. her children with her. So this is not just, you know, one soul. This is multiple souls that have been affected by Aww. this uh, unbiblical standard. Yeah, we've seen this time mm-hmm. and time again. And that's that's one of the reasons why I... I think things like this are such an important topic. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because there is, yeah. there, and I'm sure as we'll get into more here in a little bit, there's a boatload of people out there that's been chewed up and spit out by these kind of movements. Mm-hmm. And they're yep. left completely wounded and tore apart and don't know how to go forward. Right. Exactly. And some of them don't want to. Right. You know. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, so I appreciated that we weren't telling people you know, exactly how they have to look when they show up to church. And because of that, I thought I was on the same page as the other people in this church and the uh, pastors and whatnot. So I thought I was, you know, safe to tell them, just be honest. Hey, here's how I believe. And this is what I think the Bible teaches. And yes, I follow these holiness rules, but I'm, I'm doing it to make you happy, not because I believe God requires it. Right. Um, but when I had that conversation, uh, the conversation itself, at first I, I wasn't sure, uh, it seemed like it started to be received well, but then it was, the immediate reaction was, if you don't believe that God requires, uh, women to wear skirts, etc., uh, you, you don't have holiness in your heart. And at mm. this outreach, we're holiness from our head to our feet. Because we have to give holiness to these people we're, we're getting saved. Um, and then it occurred to me, oh, <laughs> they really are trying to get these people to be holiness. They're just trying in a, basically a different way mm-hmm. from what I had been accustomed to growing up. Yep. Um, and the, the, the very prompt in the same conversation answer was, if you don't believe it's required, then you have to leave immediately. You can't intern with us anymore um which i i respect that decision it is their church and they have their prerogative to make uh rules that could be hurtful um and turn away laborers it's just it's it's weird to me to see people and we see it all the time but to see people draw such a hard line stance over something that they do not have clear evidence for Mm -hmm. i mean they'll Mm -hmm. say they do but when they read you the stuff, like like we just joking about, mm-hmm. when they say, "Oh, it's very clear," it's not very clear. It's not. There's room right. for debate in that. Right. But they'll draw right. these black or white hard line stances. Yeah. But, mm. Right. Anyways. Exactly. Yeah. So I I was actually living there at the time, so I lost where I was staying, mm. um, lost my college internship, um, wow. just kind of lost my of course my ministry positions, and then I was asked not to attend the church. So oh. I lost everything just in one conversation wow, they is what it hard, felt man. like. <laughs> wow. Wow. They put the I mean, pedal like, to the metal. <laughs> it was said like in a semi-nice tone of voice. 
Um, I wasn't being yelled at or anything, but it was yeah. just like, okay, here's how it is then. And I was really shocked because like I said, I wasn't just about to go out and be a rebel and, and shave my head or anything like that. I was still happy. And I, I told them, I'm still happy to live these uh, standards. I've been doing it all my life. I just wanted, I want you to know who I really am. Right. Um, and in my head, I'm thinking, because I want to know, make sure our relationship is genuine and mm-hmm. that I can be authentic here. Um, yep. Yeah, I found out I couldn't real quick. No. Um, so, yeah, that was hard. I thought I was going to be living out of my car. Um, I had nowhere to go. My family was about 14 hours away, but I'd been working at a small bookstore and felt like I needed to finish out my two-week notice there at least. And, of course, I'm already, like, rooted in this new state with my new friends and circles and I'm just like to go home like with my tail between my legs so to speak back to my mom like hi Mm -hmm. I got thrown out um (laughs) I just I wasn't looking forward to that so I I thought I was going to be living out of my car it turned out there there was a, a Baptist women's study that I had visited never been to their church but I visited their bible study just because I was craving a bible study um and told them about my problem. They were awesome. They were helping me find like total strangers to just take me in to just be able to stay um, until I could find somewhere to sleep more permanently. Because of course, I don't have money either. I just came, you know, off the mission field. And I've been volunteering for months. Yeah, and it's, it's um, to, to make sure I don't say too much publicly basically it just got extremely dramatic after that and I was just shocked I mean I I looked on my (laughs) I looked on my uh Facebook one day and someone had posted on my profile that I had financially swindled this church that I've been volunteering for and I was just like what wow (laughs) I did what Oh my! Wow. Yeah, it was crazy, and and I it was supposedly anonymous, but I because they had someone else post it for them, but oh I knew my. exactly who had done it because they mentioned very personal, private details of mine that things mm-hmm. that were true that only these people knew. Right. Oh my goodness. And I, in order to make their story more legit, and I was just like, whoa! So of course, to me, I didn't know for you know I couldn't confirm which person in the church did this to me. So I had to, um, I, I reached out to a few people and they'd block my number and blocked me on social media. So I couldn't even get in touch with them to see, you know, who was saying this stuff about me and starting these rumors about me. Oh my. Um, yeah. And there was, there was more to that, but that's just, I was at, at that point, uh, I was just like, yeah, I don't think that holiness, I'm going to be able to be spiritually nurtured and supported in ministry in these churches. Yeah. Um, well, I tell you, that's that's the kind of Christians that every sinner wants to be, ain't it? Oh, that's yeah. sad. I say that with the most sarcasm Very I can write. representation. Right. Oh, my goodness. Well, what's, yeah. what's sad is that they felt to go that low in an attack against you because you were just being honest about what you thought. Now, wouldn't you think, Miss, that the more proper approach to that would be, hey, look, you're misguided. Let's sit down. Let's talk about this. Tell yeah. me why right. you believe the way you do. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. let me hear you out. But instead, no. Get your stuff. It's easier. And you get 
You get on out of here. Well, <laughs> that's yeah. the problem, though, because um, I personally was also kicked out of Bible college. Yep. Um, um, uh, for different reasons, and and I I will testify I'd, I did just about most of the things that I've been accused of, but not all of them. I'm not going to go into detail. Um, <laughs> Some of them I, I, I have not done. Before. If you've heard of anything, you're free to message me. I will confirm or deny. You committed um, to sin listening to the Oak Ridge Boys. I know that. I know. This little, Jesus, <laughs> that was on the college this little campus, mine no less. The Oak Ridge Boys yeah. was going to send me to hell. Yes. And that devilish music. And that cherry chapstick. Yep. kicked out and of summer. And that beard. Oh, yeah, and the Flight 93 movie. Yes, that yep. did happen too. Yep, I will testify to that. Anyways, so um, if personally, I was told basically that um, because I was such a rebel that um, there was no hope for me and I was to go home before no. I was finished with all my classes and everything. They knew that my dad was traveling to a revival close by and says, your dad is going to be so fo- so at such and such a place. Go ahead and um, go meet up with him there and uh, we'll, we'll take it from, don't worry about the rest of your mm. bill. You're, you're done here. Um, so I, I know a little bit of, about being kicked out It 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 is, it is the roughest, roughest thing to be told that basically your parents have been like marked for, you know, their entire religious, you know, church career, um, because their choices have made their daughter do this. I was a product of their choices. Um, and it wasn't like I was my own person. I, I was 18 years old. I knew exactly what I was doing. I knew when I checked out that book, the Flight 93, the movie at the library, I knew exactly what I was doing. I was catching up on all the awful things that happened to me when I was 10 years old and listening to my mom scream mm-hmm. about the planes. I mean, mm-hmm. I wanted to learn. I, and it's, mm-hmm. instead of, you know, directing us, like, like Phil just said, for you, like instead of trying to guide, it turned into the whole, you're viewed as a threat um, we don't want to take the time to correct you because you know better and you're not going to listen to us anyway. So mm-hmm. bye. Well, yeah. See, yeah. we, as far as I know, we was never legitimately kicked out of a church, but we were basically blackballed out of the, the mm-hmm. one church that I think we grew up the longest in because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. they never would offer, you know, to make us members of the church because yeah. For some reason, they claimed that our family was a bunch of troublemakers. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, never would we ever be that way. You know, not those troublemakers. <laughs> but uh, so they wouldn't make us members, and uh, kind of having a dispute over the pastor. Um, you know, not agreeing with the reasons why they were, you know, dismissing him from his position, and that kind of thing. And I can remember we sat at the back talking. And uh, mom, our mom asked, said, "Well, you know, it because we're a member. Does it, you know? I just feel like that. Uh, you guys think our opinion doesn't matter." And they literally said that that was the case. Yeah. That because we <laughs> yeah. were not members, it didn't matter what we said. They wasn't going to take it into account. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It didn't matter. Even though we'd attended that church for. Five, six years. And you tied to that church. Like you did everything to that church. You yeah. supported that church. But well, they also wouldn't offer to make you members? No. No, no they nope. yeah, Absolutely they said uh, they said yeah. we was troublemakers for some reason. Uh, well, I, I mean and that and that's you know, not even trying to be comical, but that's literally what they said. Yeah. You know, wow. And, yeah. So it's like we're and not I, gonna make you members, but even though you're 
not a member, then you know. I think I think how I heard mom say it too. She was like, "If you're not a member, you're not you're nothing." <laughs> Is that yeah. how you said? It? Please, yeah, I remember trash. Or it's, it's, now, it's now kind of like a joke, you know. Yeah, yeah. You're, you know, not we'll member, you're, you're not a member. Here's the thing, too, that bothers me with this. In all these situations we talked about, there has been no discussion whatsoever. Like the, it's just mm-hmm. this yeah. is the way it's going to be. You're right. You do not have an input. Our way or the highway. Yeah, and if you do try to speak up, well, you just want to argue. Yeah, you know what I mean. Right. Stuff like that. And, it's, and, and I think the reason for that is. And I know there's people that listen to this that are not going to like it. Oh, yeah. But their arguments are so weak, they cannot defend them. Yes. Right. And because, then because, yeah. because then it turns into personal attacks on your character. Yes. And, yeah. and then, but that's because, exactly what happened. <laughs> yes. Yep. And, and, and that's, that's what happened to this girl here. And that's the way it is, yep. like, you know, with, uh, like, politics and stuff. Yep. You know, you're talking to somebody on the street about yes. it. Whenever they lose the, the, the argument, <clears throat> they see their point is no good. They're going to turn to personal attacks and yeah. then try to insult you. Yes. And that's the same right. thing that they do in the, in yeah. the church. It's, it's, it's yep. crazy. So what, what stage then? So this what? happened to you, and, and how long after this whole ball got rolling here did you wind up starting the website? Good question. First, first, I just want to clarify. I know your audience won't know what church in the world I was talking about, but just in case anyone from my side does know what church I will clarify, I still appreciate what they do, and there are some genuinely great Christians sure. in that church. Yep. There are only a few that really went after my character um, after I left. Yep, So understand with completely. That, with that caveat, there, uh, <laughs> I don't want to lose the few good friendships I do have there. <laughs> <laughs> but with that, with that caveat, so I I stayed with some, some strangers, some Baptists for... Uh, about a week and a half or so, enough to finish out my two-week notice on my job. Um, and then I I just took a car trip because I, I had a little bit of savings enough to, to drive and basically go visit some of my um, old friends. And so I visited, you know, from all the way down to Florida, up to New York, and then out to Colorado. Um, I think I made like 40 stops and I was just, I was visiting a lot of ministers homes and having three hour, five hour discussions with them, trying to figure out what do I believe? Mm-hmm. And the only thing I was really sure of is basically I was really, it really moved me deeply that I'd been trying to please the holiness movement for some eight years or so by following all the rules only for some of those people as the drama and character attacks spread to reach out to me and telling me I was a wolf in sheep's clothing and mm-hmm. I've been deceiving them for all these years mm-hmm. um, because I didn't really believe it was biblical. Yep. And so at that point, I'm just like, you know what, if some of the top people in holiness ministry can't stand me, uh, this is not my place anymore. Yep. So, right. uh, but I still had that zeal to try to do something for an eternal purpose, something bigger than me, and be a part of building God's kingdom in some way. had no idea what that was going to look like um, just because I felt like I just lost my world. And to I thought to every other denomination I was going to be a nobody and nothing. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know where to start over. And there was no particular denomination that stood out to me. So I just moved to a state where I'd, I'd never been to Colorado. I didn't know a soul in Colorado. 
Um, I just knew Adventures in Odyssey was I drove to Colorado Springs to try to have the zip code I memorized as a kid. I like that. <laughs> as every point is did. That, yeah. that was about my thought process at that point. No. So, yeah, I spent I spent six months working there. Um I met my husband during that time and uh which now I've gotten married, moved out to the West Coast, and we go to his non-denominational church evangelical out here, which has been great. But in the process of while I was in Colorado, I also, that's when Brian Holiness started. And the, the short story behind that is I was trying to have all, all, my whole world had been holiness up to this point. Mm-hmm. Like everyone I knew, everyone I loved. And I felt... Yep so lonely and I still wanted to reach out to these people but mm-hmm. for every single person it's like you it, you feel like you owe them this conversation about you know why yes. I have a purity ring on mm-hmm. um, because yeah and there were so many rumors like I had someone I didn't know reach out to me and tell me everyone in his state knew what a rebel and a backslider and <laughs> church swindler I was Respond like some figure something out. Yeah. Because I could not continue these very, very emotionally charged conversations. Yes. So that's when talking to my brother, who had been a real support during this time, um, he was a missionary in Haiti at the time. Um, we decided we would start a website, and he and I would just write out and share our our views. Um, what we learned studying the Bible and studying the holiness standards and the history behind them. Um, so we actually took the the holiness handbook that I'd been basically raised off of in, in some ways, and we just dissected it and went through it section by section and uh, refuted the arguments in it, published them online, um, got to share our stories. Um, so, and I just wanted to present all these studies and my personal story to my friends and family. So I wouldn't have to continue repeating the same things like a broken record. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> but, but after doing that, it just, it really blew up really quickly. Um, that's when some of the conservative holiness started finding it and oneness apostolic started finding it. And people that had been going to William Branham's, if you know the Branhamites and the message cult, it's a, it's an actual cult. Anyways. Yeah, I think I've, um, I've heard it referenced before. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's it, yeah. Oh, anyway, it's very toxic. But they had the same similar standards. Um, Ex-Mennonites, Old Order Mennonites, found the website. And I just got floods, floods of messages of all these people saying, you know, we studied our Bibles and we found the same thing that you have. And there's basically two groups. They're the ones that left these um, churches with mm-hmm. so many extra rules and they grew closer to Christ and grew in their faith and, you know, found mainstream Christianity. And then there were the, the Christians who just sat under spiritual abuse because once you like quote unquote defy the church leadership and say, you don't see the Bible the same way, even though that should not be seen as rebellion. Um, uh, but once you do that, that's a lot of times when it turns into spiritual abuse in a lot of these churches, and you start to feel the ostracization and the isolation and the 
manipulation and the pulpit oh, yeah. bullying and yep. all this. And so there's this other group that just sits in the spiritual abuse until they're done with Christianity altogether and throw out everything. Yes. Um, and I really have a heart for that group and trying to try to try to avoid that happening for all those right now that are sitting under um, just questioning and starting to feel spiritual abuse. So right. now what the website has turned into is not only studying um, what holiness really is, but also introducing people to mainstream Christianity and trying to get them into healthy churches yes. and out of the churches. Not that every single church in, in holiness is like this, but a lot of them turn into spiritual abuse if you ever disagree. And so trying to get people in a place where they won't experience that and they will be able to grow in Christ. Yes. Yes, indeed. That's a very, that's a very worthy goal for sure. I know it. you talk about the, the way, you know, the spiritual abuse, which I, I think you miss. We know people. I'm talking your whole life cut off, your whole life changed. Well, it turns into the um, rug being pulled out from under you and Mm -hmm. you're like just falling constantly, that feeling, (laughs) because your whole, everything you were raised around, everything you've known is just gone. Mm -hmm. It like vanishes. Mm -hmm. The people you could trust, the people you said they'd be there for you are just gone. Um, My parents have had actually had this happen to them. And you talk about floundering. Um, I think my parents actually floundered worse than what I have because I, I at least had other friends who were feeling the same thing I was going through. Mm-hmm. And now that my mm-hmm. parents are facing that shunning of where people actually will look directly at my dad and turn and walk the other way. Yeah. Oh. And this is by a holiness church that my parents have given everything to. Um, it really, it really just hits my heart. And so I, I know a lot of what, this girl, poor girl, Natalie's gone through because my parents have been facing it worse than what I have. Yeah, I think uh, because they, they have nothing now. They have absolutely nothing told not to come back to a church. Mm. Um, yeah. Me and you did it more wow. gradual, miss. We, we kind of after we got married, we kind of started studying things and all that. And yeah, we started doing our own Bible study. <laughs> not everybody has it that no. easy. Sometimes it's no. just bam and you're out. You're out. Yeah. Gone. <clears throat> wow. What kind of a response do you get um, with with the website and stuff and everything, you know, being more formal and stuff now? And I see, uh, congratulations, by the way. I saw the view count on on one of your posts. It's it's the stuff's really starting to grow. And uh, but I'm I'm curious, do you catch a lot of flack from people still yet? <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, Did you even need to it. ask? <laughs> I saw the poor one, this poor girl, this poor girl, she posted something and then like they ripped her apart and she couldn't even like explain. She said, can't I even explain what I did? And I I was reading it and I lost that post. So if you know which post I'm talking about, (laughs) send it back to me because you were like on fire. And I was like, this, this girl is good. And then it it disappeared. So it's like watching a sporting event. (laughs) Like I want to see somebody do these, you know, these intellectual, like Jean-Claude Van Damme moves. (laughs) (laughs) She's Jackie Chan in them over there. Yeah. Yeah. So your, your response, you was talking about, and you just uh, laughed at me for asking the question. (laughs) I I thought about, I I thought about a a post and actually it's, so now the, First, it was my movement was very aware of me, and some of those people really um, 
that were all up in arms and making posts about me and it was it was a circus for a while um i think i'm old news there which is nice and most of them have blocked me out and so it's yeah. calm down <laughs> except for except for the ones that are great there are some there are some that are great but um yeah now it's moved on to are you are you guys familiar with oneness apostolic and upc upci i've i've heard the terms just in passing in some of my studies on you know real hardcore fundamentalism but i'm not really familiar with it now okay well they have they have like some they claim i think just the one organization the upci i think they claim 27 million um if if not the one organization then apostolics uh, as a whole they're an interesting group deny the trinity um but mm. they've they've become very aware of the existence of Brian holiness and some of their ministers have been all up in arms um and i'm, I'm looking at a, a post and this is the one that popped in my head when you asked you know do i still get flack and there's this apostolic minister talking about calling me out by name on their facebook uh, talking about how I befriended many apostolic people, especially women who are confused or having trouble with holiness issues, because that's what a deceiver does. They hunt for the weak <laughs> under oh. the guise of the weak. Watch out. Y'all don't want to hunt for them weak people. Under the guise to turn them from the faith. I don't under, I, I'm, that's not my guise. Um, anyways. <laughs> but, and then she's like, Though the group says holiness, she's dead set against it. She takes the word and twists it to cause people to doubt and turn from holiness. Not only on this subject, but many. She is perverting the word of God. Be warned, she is not apostolic. She has a vendetta against the apostolic. Oh. Because she grew up in a strict holiness home and didn't want to live it. This deceptive spirit is dangerous, and it's a Jezebel spirit. Of deception <laughs> and witchcraft. There was the old Jezebel insult. Yeah. We always have to bring in Jezebel. <laughs> yeah. You better know them that labor among you. There are many wolves just like sheep. Keep on watching because snakes always reveal themselves and shed their skin. Ooh. Mm -mm. Oh my god. <laughs> Wonder how it really feels. Like, I think he's a little wow. bitter. Yeah. Wow. I think it's, it's like funny. You put my name in there. Oh boy! <laughs> oh, I always think it's like, it's really interesting to see uh, guys like that uh, accuse somebody else of twisting scripture. I I was uh, literally just thinking the same thing. I'm like, he's accusing you of the same thing he does every Sunday. Yeah. And I, and and of course, I'm generalizing. Tongue. Yes, but we can tell from the from the guy's message, you know, about mm -hmm. her. We we can tell what the guy's like, you know, what yeah. he believes, and exactly. he gets, I mean, wow. within general reason, of course. But yeah, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, there was a comment. Uh, someone warned the other ones, like, "Watch out for her, cause she, 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 like, like I play." They were like saying I play dress up on my videos and whatnot. I do because I have a skirt on, and I was cracking up. Them talking about watch out for her. She'll put on a skirt before videos. <laughs> oh <laughs> wow! your mind that I actually wear skirts 90% of the time <laughs> yeah. and maybe that's just something I do yeah. like and I'm not trying to deceive you like anyways yeah that doesn't yeah, compute I, I still get yeah. some flack I still get some flack 
Yeah. Just so we're oh. clear, I'm sitting here in leggings. How dare you? <laughs> the tight leggings, too, that get people in trouble. You Jezebel, you. <laughs> I, it's, it's crazy to me, especially like when somebody makes an attack like that with them and their friends, then it's up to, it's like you're guilty until proven innocent. Like then oh, everybody yeah. just assumes yep. it and it's up to you yep. to then say, no, I'm not, <laughs> not trying to deceive you in a skirt. Uh, <laughs> yeah. There was, oh, uh, there was another comment on one of those threads. Um, and I busted out laughing. Someone else pointed it out to me. They were talking about, they were praying for Bree and holiness and, really troubled in their spirit and the Holy Ghost spoke to them and said, see thy my dress code. <laughs> see thy my dress code? Dude, what? Are you oh. serious? That's... I'm dead serious. I have the screenshot. See, oh. thy... <laughs> see thy my dress code. <laughs> wow. Well, is it... Hey, you know what? That's t-shirt material. That's yes, t-shirt. <laughs> That should be on a t-shirt. Yes. Hey, girl, you need to put on a t-shirt. Put that on a t-shirt and then have like... <laughs> yes. Yeah, put, I love put that. your website name on there. And that, that is now your slogan. Yes. <laughs> yes. Wow. Oh. Well, hey, Jesus started us off all naked. So our God started us all naked. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, unfortunately, I guess that comes with the territory, huh? When you start, when you start kicking them into stuff like that. Wow. I appreciate it though. They've they've even like published my. <laughs> there was, I'm sorry, one more story. There's another. <laughs> there's another minister. This is back in November. He made four videos, quote unquote, refuting Berean holiness. And I guess in in one of his videos, he's just used to talking fast, and he was like trying to get to an airport or something. And I, I think he's used to um, used to recommending like different sites to check out. And so as he talked to the vi- through the video, he's like, yeah, they're turning people away from the Lord and they're trying to refute holiness and they're, they're just backslidden and, and bitterness. It's brilliant holiness. Check them out. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Shitting. do that. Um, that. That particular video got deleted afterwards. So. Oh. <laughs> I actually, I had a, I had a very large spike in web traffic when oh, that yeah. video was put out. So. I'm sure. Yeah, I love my haters. They're, they're great. <laughs> What's uh, great too about this kind of stuff is. Um, there's so many people looking for this kind of material. I mean, I've Google searched for yes. years trying to find people's uh, stories or takes on things, you know. And then, of course, I found the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast, and then I've really been, <laughs> been hooked on that you for a while. You love that. Well, wasn't our CHM episode like one of the biggest that we've ever? Passed? Yeah, that was one of the one of the things I was going to mention. Like, we're not a, a like we're not a focus on the family podcast, no. but we do no. occasional episodes where we hit on things, right? And those are always our top episodes because people I think we do got some people like to hate listen and then <laughs> and that's get, fine just hate get, away listen away get sermon material you know who you are <laughs> yes yeah, yeah. yeah. The, you the know who you are mentioned to you that we were uh, we were brought up in a sermon <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah that was fun that was fun but uh, oh yeah 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 but there's people there's people hungry for this kind of stuff yeah, and I think what you're doing is is a very good thing uh, let, let me put it this way. It, we, our name wasn't brought up directly, but it was somebody that was like immediately close 
It's like they tried to play a game. How could I describe Hillbilly Broadcast without saying the name of the <laughs> Yes. Let's, talk, yeah. let's bring up yes. all the topics they talked about and write about how yes. they are just like choosing not to read the Bible <laughs> and all the things. Yep. yep. Yeah. They used a direct quote from Canaan, too. Yes. 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 Oh, that's yes. right. They did. Oh, yes. Canaan. Like, if you're going to quote us, at least give us the credit. Yeah. And uh, I do got to say, know, right? I never thought Canaan would ever get quoted in a sermon. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, man. There, was a, yeah, that there, was a, uh, there was a website design created by some holiness people. And I, I'm so glad I screenshotted their homepage because they've changed it now. I guess they've gotten wiser. But <laughs> they quoted the Berean holiness vision statement verbatim on their homepage and oh. said you will find this on the on the internet they just said it's on the internet um oh. and it's not true and, and like their their website supposedly refuted it um i was <laughs> cracking up though so. and I'm, i just Rip i wanted off. to email the the author and just be like can you please just link to berean holiness yeah uh, <laughs> it verbatim but they didn't. Yeah. So, kind of hatred, <laughs> hatred can increase the traffic. Yeah. So they they posted your mission statement like as what like as as preaching against it. No, it was their own. Yes. Yeah. Oh, their own. Yeah. Well, they they quoted our vision statement slash mission statement to say this is bad, and our website shows why this <laughs> other website is bad. But they didn't call it the other website. They just like the people who say this quote Brian Holiness statement verbatim on the internet, they're bad. This website will refute them. That's always fun. Cam, Bryce, you guys, uh, what about you on that end? You guys got any questions that you want to bring uh, up? <clears throat> no, I, I do want to say though, uh, to you, you know, you may have some haters, but, um, a couple of weeks ago, I walked into our church, and uh, the pastor's wife actually came up to me and my wife and was uh, showing us uh, your website, and uh, she really oh. loves it. So you are you're doing a great <laughs> thing. You're trending, trending positively in our church right now. Yes. <laughs> Do you think you're uh, there? Are, we, I mean, we've got our church has come such a long ways, and we have we have really come far away from the radicalness i guess you could say and so your post about spiritual abuse i i mean she has shown it to several of us girls around the church i actually showed it to a co-worker of mine he he was just talking about his brother-in-law who's just like a he's a very he's a he's a spiritual abuser he is that's that's just mm -hmm. that's just the only word i can think of and so just bringing light to how we view christianity outside of the radicalness is just it's so refreshing and it just it makes me want to grow deeper with god more every day and just to know that we're not alone is just it's so awesome that's all i have thank you <laughs> <laughs> no it was good yep that was good yeah there's a, there's a lot of people hungry for that information I mean, I've I've went through it. So many of my friends, yes. so many people our age, yes, you know, it has went through this this phase. You know? Yes, um, we one of your topics too, Natalie. Um, you said something about like why are our kids like leaving Christianity? Like, um, are what mm -hmm. what was that you mentioned? I wanted to talk about that because that was such a good topic. 
Do you remember which one that oh. was? I think I think I actually screenshot yeah. it. Because <laughs> I was like, yeah. I want to I wanna ask this because it was so, so good about, I think it's the last thing I did. We ask, why are youth leaving Christianity? We should ask, did we even teach them Christianity? And that is so yeah. true. I, I can honestly tell you, I only know what I know because of my parents. They, they poured their heart and souls into me to love Jesus the best I can, love people the best I can. And, you know, if you love your neighbor and you love Jesus, you, you're doing exactly what God said to do. So I, I like that. Can you tell me a little bit about that topic there? Yeah, that probably was hearkening back to the fact that um, so many churches that have such an emphasis on outward standards, they don't emphasize reasoning and why we believe what what we believe. I mean, they barely even touch on it when it comes to standards. Mm-hmm. It's just like you just yep. do it because the rest of your church does it. Right. Um, and we don't, of course, it, it's understandable why most of them don't dig in and try to make an apologetic for those beliefs. Um, but just like they don't do it for those beliefs, they also don't do it for, you know, why do we believe God exists? And mm-hmm. why do we believe that Jesus was a real person? Um, very few dive into these subjects. Right. And yeah. because of that, it, it's all about what the preacher says. It's all yes. about yep. just believing because I said so, or of course they'll say, because the Bible said so. Mm -hmm. But then once these kids get older and the whole, because the Bible said so when applied to jewelry, they read the Bible and they're like, Oh wait, the Bible doesn't say that. Mm -hmm. Uh, They feel lied to. They feel duped. And in that time of just, and then when you ask questions and when you push back, and if you have any kind of disagreement, you're seen as a rebel and for spiritual abuse. Um, and, you you don't feel like you can talk to anyone. You see a lot of them keep the mentality that all other denominations are worse, uh, which is really sad. Not everyone keeps that mentality, but I know quite a few holiness kids who have. Um, so they still operate under the assumption that their holiness church is the cream of the crop in Christianity. Mm-hmm. And the cream of the crop treats them like trash because they can't find something in the Bible. Um, yep. And then they lose all trust and respect for their church leaders. And by the way, the only reason they believed in God was because of their church leaders, because they said so. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, yep. So it, yeah, it, the whole, their whole faith goes out the window pretty quickly. And then guess what the holiness people usually do? They say, look, you, you question makeup and now you're out lost and yep. live in a wicked life. Mm-hmm. And yes. they blame it on, on questioning, you know, makeup. Yep. Exactly right. That's exactly right. Are, they like to do the C. Told you so. Yep. Yep. And then you become a sermon illustration. Like, You'll be like that one girl. She went out there and she started off just small. And now she's like, look, look, look at her. Look at her. She's walking around wearing pantsuits. You, you know something You know something that surprised me too? I was listening to uh, the recovering fundamentalists and hearing with them too how, how similar that IFB was to holiness. Yes. And I even heard some of the same, um, like, illustrations. Mm -hmm. He said, and the guys, they mentioned, like, how many times have we heard the story of these two young people, three Mm -hmm. young men, they left church early, they go out there and they said, hey, big fella, how far to hell? And he said, three miles up the road. They went up. He said, how many times have we heard that? And I was sitting there, my mouth Uh dropping. I'm like, I've heard the same thing. (laughs) Yep. Like tons of, all, you know, (laughs) 
so oh, similar. Yeah. But it, the story never no. matches either. No. It's, it's, it's like different, like so-and-so from this group or that group. And they're all using the same illustration. I'm like, says this happen like multiple times yeah. <laughs> in each group? Well, like, to, this is scary. Yeah, and to Natalie's point too, like they, preachers are looked at, uh, I've said this before, I, I firmly believe it, they're looked at like he has a special connection with God, therefore mm-hmm. he basically has the final authority. Well, how about mm-hmm. how about this? When a, a friend of mine, um, and I will not mention any details, but she uh, said that the preacher actually said he was the voice of God, mm. and so right. everything he said was supposed to, they're supposed to do. This is also like the same district that went around, and if you didn't have on um, stockings, the guy would actually rub your leg and see if you were actually wearing <laughs> stockings. Ooh. I want that job. <laughs> <laughs> Kanan. There it is. I knew Canaan wasn't going to be able yeah. to keep Kanan. it. He couldn't get, that, get himself in trouble. But I mean, the, the, this is the stuff that I came from. So personally, yeah. what I grew up with, it was it was rough. But there's wow. a lot of stories that um, I'm not going to go into detail of. But yeah, I, I tell you, I you know I've heard that that story before from other people about a man going up to. A young girl, whether she's, you know, a teenager or an adult, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, that I don't know, but going up to a female and rubbing her ankle to see mm-hmm. if she has, you know, pantyhose or, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. whatever. And I'm like, that guy's got a problem. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. And, exactly. And well, it seems like a lot, and it, this is just my opinion. Um, you can take it or leave it. I don't care. <laughs> but this is my opinion. Um, that seems like a lot of standards that are specifically towards women. Uh, you could just about trace it back to the men having a problem yeah. with a woman's body. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and so he implements a new standard. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. then he doesn't have to control it himself. I think that's a lot of it. Because, yeah. well, I, I mean... I mean, and, and this, this might be, you guys can disagree with me if, if, if you don't think this is correct, but it, cause it honestly seems like they try to take away a woman's beauty. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you can't wear any makeup. You can't wear no jewelry. You got to wear, you know, long sleeves, keep everything covered. You know, like you don't, you can't see, uh, a, you know, a woman, uh, you know, being as beautiful as she can be. Mm-hmm. And I, and it's like I say, it's, it's because it seems to me like they have a problem, but instead of dealing with it themselves, they're going to make you suffer yeah, I think so that they don't that. have to. Yeah, I think there's a lot of that. And I tell you what, and obviously this is a completely different topic that we don't have time for, but there's a lot of pretty big dark side to a lot of this mm-hmm. stuff too, like we talked yeah. about with David Iker and yes. him talking Absolutely. about the, the problems in the Mennonites and then the things that we started mm-hmm. finding out more and more about Miss. Uh, yeah. But anyways... Uh, Natalie, we've been going for about, well, it looks like about an hour and 40 minutes, so we probably <laughs> should, uh, should start wrapping it up, but, uh, kind of want to give you the last word there. You know, if you, uh, want to plug the website, um, any last words you want to give to us? Well, first and foremost, thank you so much for having this conversation with me. It's been a lot of fun and enlightening to learn about other kinds of churches that were so similar. But you know, yeah. we yeah. we couldn't fellowship because unfortunately, you know, they probably weren't going to make it either. Yep. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. But yes, the the website is bereanholiness.com and Berean is like um from Acts seventeen eleven. 
I believe it is, um, where the Bereans were more noble because they searched the scriptures and checked whether or not Paul was telling them the truth ah, about Jesus. Very good. I wanted to really nice. name so nice. yep. it is it is honorable to check and see whether or not your preacher is telling you the truth according to scripture. Yes. Um so you spell that B E R E A N. Um we also have Instagram that's blown up recently. That's been a lot of fun. Um and then Facebook same name but yeah we're trying to study deeper and if anyone has um conservative holiness movement resources on why you guys uh, follow certain standards i'd love to get more into the conservative holiness uh side of things Mm -hmm. and respond to some of those teachings just because i've had a hard time finding some of you guys' resources if anyone wants to, to message them to me i'd appreciate that be able to go look through those yeah. potentially responded to yeah, some would be fun. It's a great idea. Yeah, it's good. Well, like you said, they could be hard to, to find the conservative holiness because I think they're even more, uh, depends on who you're talking about, but they can tend to be more strict mm-hmm. than even most fundamentalists. Yeah. You know, they, there's not much stuff put on the internet uh, about it. Well, that's what I was going to say. They're more strict on the uh, the internet side of things. Yeah. They are. Than uh, like IFB or whatever. So. Yeah, even the large holiness denominations can be. And and even a lot of, um, even if you're like looking for the manual of why people believe, why the holiness church believes what they believe, um, I know you can Google like that because I know it, that is readily available. Um, and then I do know when it comes to a lot of standards and why people wear what they do, especially when it comes to women, um, that is more of an unspoken rule that the church is like, they're taught this. So it will not be in the manual. Um, oh, it's in the manual. Not, what? not a lot of the things like talk wearing your jackets three times too big oh, that's while you're at Bible okay. college. So you like, yeah. you look like you're wearing <laughs> a, a potato sack. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like little things like that. So uh-huh. I, I'd, and then like your hair, like hairspray on your hair. If your hair is curly, you're supposed to like flatten it down to your head. You know, I, mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah, we so, probably like a lot of those things. <laughs> I'm sure we could yeah. probably come up with some stuff yes. to to send you over as well, especially yeah, at. I'm uh, trying to. We could recommend a couple. Oh, that one was that book by E. E. Shellhammer. <laughs> oh really no! E. E. Shellhammer. I can't even go into it. Oh but my we'll have goodness! To, we'll have to send you some of that. I tell you, this book. If we started talking about it, they would cancel the podcast. Oh, we, yeah, we'd get kicked off. <laughs> that it was, would not it was be bad. Good. The guy was completely serious. That was the sad thing. Yeah. 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 But, uh, yeah, I try to to respond to real uh, documents, like. But just one example, I was talking about how growing up in church, we were preached uh, slits and skirts were preached against, like even if they were just a few inches, mm-hmm. and put that on Instagram. And I had like multiple people reach out to me and tell me, no, like no one would ever preach that. That is not in our churches. You're slandering our churches. This is false accusation. So I'm like, really? So I put a poll on Instagram earlier, and within just an hour or two, over a hundred people voted that they'd heard that preached as well. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I'm not crazy. But yeah. um, that that's why I like to respond to their actual documents. And I just, I've had a hard time finding them for the CHM. Yeah, they can be difficult to find because there's times I'll even look for a certain church manuals or something like that just to, just to look over and outside of a few of the more what's considered liberal ones. Yeah. There's not much out there. <laughs> right. Cam, Ryan, you guys got anything you want to say before we close it out? No, I think we're good. Natalie, this has been uh, it's been very enjoyable. 
Uh, yeah, I'm sure I uh, I can speak for everybody. Said so we we really liked it. We'd love to do it again sometime if you get the chance. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Yes. All right. Well, uh, I guess that's it, guys. If that's I don't think I got to say any ads or anything because I nope. got them all in the in the playoff. <laughs> music, it's all done. All right. We'll see y'all next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Hillbilly Broadcast. I hope you enjoyed what you heard. If you didn't and you really want to get us back, go to wherever you listen to this podcast and give us a five-star review. That will drive me personally insane with anger. If you'd like to send us a voice message, you can go to anchor.fm slash Sparks, where you can also become a supporter of the show if that's something that you're into. If you would like to send us an email, you can send that to hillbillybroadcast at aol.com. That's right. We may or may not still be stuck in the early 2000s. You can also find Hillbilly Broadcast on Facebook, and I am on Twitter at ThePhilSparks. Again, thank you for listening. I love you. The good Lord loves you. And we'll see you next time.